0: When it comes to safaris, we go
1: wild! Hey! Hello, fella! Where should you be?
2: There! That's right. Time travel commencing in t minus 10 seconds, i counting.
0: W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number four hundred and forty-three, and I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you some Disney magic with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts every Wednesday on Facebook, books, audio tours, live special events, and much more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So from the awe-inspiring to the most detailed, well-themed, relaxing, and enjoyable, this week we're going to virtually explore and discuss our top 10 resort lobbies in Walt Disney World and ask you to share your favorite. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package, Then stay tuned to the end of the show for some updates and announcements, including upcoming special events in Walt Disney World and on the road. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Disney is in the business of doing one thing, and one thing they do exceptionally well. One thing that has set the bar for others, and that thing is storytelling. Of course, the films and the music and the shows and the attractions are all there to tell a story, but at Walt Disney World, you also know that the story extends beyond the walls of simply a show building and out into the queues and exterior facades and the lands and the streets and the shops and the restaurants... And when you come to Walt Disney World on vacation, those rich storytellings exist in the resorts as well. And like the attractions, there's stories that aren't necessarily are confined maybe to a resort's overall theme, but some of those stories' earliest chapters are found in the incredible, beautiful lobbies. So this week... We're gonna take a look at our top ten Walt Disney World Resort lobbies. And when you hear top ten, you think of a man whose whose tail is as old as time, whose name means no worries, and is always searching for the best chicken exits in the parks. He is, of course, Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine.
1: Well, thanks, Lou, but I don't have a tail. Oh so.
0: boy. I don't know. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how it's going to go today. All right. (laughs)
1: Well, you started it.
0: So I have a question for you. I want to start things off with a question because when we talked offline and sort of just proposed the idea, because again, we never go over our list ahead of time. Mm -mm. When I said to you top 10 lobbies, what did you think of? Meaning what qualified something to go onto your list? Was it a lobby that you enjoy just sitting and people watching is it the the design, the decor, the the memorabilia maybe that's in there? Is it the overall theming of the resorts? What put those these five things or ten things on your list?
1: Well, I'll give you props for asking that question the way you did, because you kinda answered it while you asked it. Everything you said. <laughs> so I'm done. Now I looked I my first thought was um lobbies that have that wow factor when you first walk in and you're just dazzled which um i think we're gonna get to some of those towards the end um but then on a deeper level i did think more about the details and the hidden hidden secrets and things you might not notice right away but all things that lend itself not only that they're cool to find but they lend themselves to the overall theme of the resort and i also thought of how the lobbies kind of introduce you to the story behind the resort um you know where you're at uh what the the theming is and that sort of thing so
0: and so if i think i know you as well as i do after our (laughs) our 10 plus year bromance um (laughs) i i don't want to ruin i'm obviously i'm gonna let you go first but just tell me because i think that one that was probably not only on your list but at the top of your list Mm -hmm. is disney's wilderness lodge
1: correct well, no, I didn't have it on my list because <laughs> I was generously going to let you talk about it because I assumed you would steal it from me. So,
0: so if you weren't yes, such definitely a, a gentleman, okay. Yeah. So if you weren't such an honorable gentleman, you would have you would have put it on your list had I you been doing this by yourself. I would
1: have up and gotten right out of the gate with it before you had a chance to rip it out from under me. Yes. <laughs>
0: So, so are, let me ask you this: When yes. you go through your list now, are you going to give us your favorite one first, or are you going to go in re- reverse order and sort of count down to your ultimate Walt I'm Disney? Of unlike
1: World Def- bef- un- unlike what I usually do, when I try and get the good ones out of the way so you don't take them, I, I am going to start, uh, kind, you know, kind of from bottom to and go up to the top. So, all right, I, I am very it's a curious because it's still one of my favorite lobbies, but okay, saving the best for last is is what we're getting to.
0: So. Go get him, killer. Which we
1: should do. All right, I'm ready to go. Okay. Well, I'm going to start over in Epcot. And as you'll see, I'm going to kind of kind of hang around Epcot for a while there. Hmm. Um, which, uh, in talking about uh, the wow factors of the lobbies, um, I always found it, it interesting that the Epcot resorts don't really have – Um, this same lobby wow oomph to them that um, some of the other resorts that we're going to get to like the Grand Floridian and the Wilderness Lodge I mean they are much smaller but that doesn't mean they're not rich in detail and beautiful in of themselves and my first stop is going to be the beach
0: club wow yeah and that surprises me yeah,
1: um, and again, it's not—it's—it's it's not a lobby you really walk into. It's not ten stories high. It—it it doesn't have, you know, two-ton chandeliers hanging down. Um, but um, what it does do is set the stage beautifully for the theming of the resort, and that you're in uh, an old-time Atlantic City beachfront um, resort sort of thing. Um, the, you know, the blues and the whites of of the decor and the walls are just set the mood perfectly. I really like that lobby in the sense that there's tons of wonderful seating. There's actually, you know, even it might not seem, there's like lots of little nooks and crannies where there's seats where you can settle down and relax and do some people watching if that's what you like. Um, I I do, I'm going to cheat a lot on this list. I'm going to extend the lobby out though a little bit. Um, so to speak, because one of the things I love the most about is the Beach Club, which is a short walk away from the lobby, is the Solarium, and I'm going to count that as part of the lobby. And that's one of those uh, I think overlooked areas of Walt Disney World that not a lot of people know about. But um, it's it's a you know it's a it's a beautiful room um, decked out in the theme of the Beach Club. Uh, one of the things I like most about it um, in the the hallway leading down to it is this beautiful painting of an ocean or beach beachside scene. And there's a great – it's not that hidden, but a great Mickey Mouse cloud up in the sky. It's, that's one of my favorite hidden Mickeys. Um, so, again, not, there's not a lot of uh, wowness to it, but there's little touches. Like the sandcastles you see over by the Kate May Cafe. At Christmas, uh, it's wonderful as being home with a chocolate carousel, which is one of the must-see things you have to do during the holidays. That could be a whole show unto itself, of course. But uh, so there it is. It's, it's understated, but elegant and quaint and one of my favorites. And also a short walk to Epcot and one of the closest lobbies to a Disney park, I will add. So I had that gets a plus in my book there for
0: that. So I Joshua. think this is really interesting for a number of reasons. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, you hit on it, Heather, when you said it was a simple, very understated elegance. It's not overly opulent, but there is something elegant yet still warm about that Lottie. And it's interesting because the Beach Club is one of, if not my all-time favorite Walt Disney World Resort for a lot of the reasons you gave, the theming, the location, being on the water, a lot of the amenities. And as much as I love the the resort itself, I didn't actually have this one on my list. Now, I could very easily make an argument for it because I do love the the very, you know, it really, you walk in and you get the feeling of summer at the seashore, you know, especially coming from the Northeast, I, I get and I feel a lot of that. Uh, I think there is something relaxing about that. I, I like the, um, I like the architecture, the, you know, the Robert A.M. Stern, you know, that stick style. Architecture with the exposed uh, beams and some of the the lattice work is, is wonderful in there. Um, I, I actually do – here's a qu- trivia question for you. Oh, You, you love when I do this.
1: <laughs> what do I get?
0: I, I will tell you your prize if and okay. when you get this because it will give me time to think of something. <laughs> All right. You got to give me time to Google it. No. On. No Googling. Right. No asking Jeeves or, right, or Tom from MySpace. <laughs> you mentioned the chandeliers. Yeah. What – animal adorns the chandeliers in the beach club lobby
1: that would be the
0: giraffes and the hippopotami <laughs> you're incorrect sir you get nothing you How lose about, but you know it what's an nice wait animal it's, forget it you're, the opportunity the window of opportunity Parasel has closed behind are... no but now you just gave me this week's walt disney world trivia question of the week's. Oh, anyway okay. right. moving on so uh, I, I do love it, and I love the—actually, I, I, I love the overall, you know, sort of the, the theming of the resort. Again, that, that sea—a that's a lot of that seaside imagery that you were talking about and, and the landscaping really, really reminds me of a lot about what you would see in the Northeast. That being said, I will move on to my first one, and, and I will tell you Wilderness Lodge is on mine, and maybe we'll save that for—so we could discuss later on— um, I think I'm going to go with one that I expect to be on probably nobody else's list. Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is because I think if you think about this resort, uh, it it might not be just one that's top of mind. Because, look, I think when we think of lobbies, you're right. I think you think of wow factor. There's obviously going to be ones that are on both of our lists and probably on most people's lists, especially when you start talking about some of the more deluxe resorts. But I'm actually going to go to a moderate resort instead. Ah. Right? I am actually going to my favorite of the moderate resorts and one that I have grown to love and appreciate even more over time. And that is Disney's Port Orleans French Quarter resorts, right? And the reason why is like the city of New Orleans itself, which I have recently fallen in love and I think really is my favorite city in the United States. And that is not an overstatement. I've I've traveled a lot recently over the past few years and I really fell in love with uh, the, the city of New Orleans. And French Quarter for me really embodies a lot of that. And I love that when you walk in, you get a little bit of that that fun and whimsy and the bright colors of Mardi Gras, but you also really get the charm. And that's the word that I kept on using when I was describing New Orleans. You get that charm, <clears throat> excuse me, of the French Quarter. It's the smallest of the Disney resorts, which to me means it's very intimate. <clears throat> Sorry. And I love the the cobblestone floors and the wrought iron balconies and, and the green iron of the, the lampposts in the lobby and the brick pavers. And as soon as you walk in, you know, one thing you didn't mention about Beach Club that is something I'm, I'm hyper aware of when I was thinking about my lobbies was the music. So you mm. walk in a French Quarter and you get the very sort of smooth, and I was going to use my smooth, mellow jazz, like <laughs> W-J-A-Z. Uh, That's fine. But you do, you get that that smooth... That mellow jazz music, if you go at the right time, you might be able to smell the beignets, the fresh beignets coming out of the Sasagula Floatworks. Uh, Scat Cats Lounge is right there, so depending on what time you enter the lobby, you can be treated to some, um, to some live music. But I think it really is, for me, a very multi-sensory experience. Look, I love walking in. And, and I'm a sucker for water features, and you walk in, mm-hmm. and there is the, the fountain and the waterfall in the lobby and the very, very high ceilings and the glass, and and I don't know why uh, Port, French Quarter really jumped to um, very high on my list very quickly. Now, that being said, well, in order to, if you go to the right where sort of the check-in area is, that's the only place that has sort of, you know, big comfortable couches, but you could sit in that main atrium, especially if it's not too hot outside, and there are some of those wrought iron benches, there's not a lot of foot traffic, so it's not like there's a lot of people, two people watch. But if you want to just sit there and relax or even go into sort of the, the Jackson Square uh, area right outside, the, the music is playing, you sit at one of the tables, you have a little drink or a little beignet or a little bit of both. Um, that is one of the reasons why um, the, the quaint intimacy... Uh, and the theming of French Quarter jumped to the top of this list.
1: I love it. I, I think that, that points out too because we're going to talk about um, mostly deluxe resorts, I presume. Although I don't know what else you got up your sleeve, so you awesome. might fool. Me. But, but I, I will say like um, <clears throat> no matter which resort we're talking about or we're not talking about, um, I, I guess they say all the lobbies are spectacular in their in their own right, so – I'm glad we're giving love to the moderate resorts. That's great.
0: I think I have some things on my list that might just surprise you. And I got one
1: I'm thinking of, which I'm hoping you do. (laughs) But we're going to save that because I think it's one of the coolest lobbies that's not in a deluxe resort. We'll see if you get to it. I think I will. But for me, I am going to – I'm actually going to stay – here's what I'm doing. I'm staying in the beach club, Okay. And I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to take a walk by the K May Cafe. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to take a little detour outside by the pool, <clears throat> duck in at the Yachtsman Steakhouse, and make my way over to the Yacht Club Lobby. Hmm. That's my next one. And, <clears throat> again, like the Beach Club, it's well, it's very similar to the Beach Club in its size and layout and so forth. But in a subtle way, it carries through the theming of the Yacht Club now in being a New England seaside resort. And you really do get that sense, again, with the coloring and the architecture and the little uh, details of the furniture and so forth. Um, the Yacht Club, though, I like uh, – Not, I don't want to say more than the Beach Club. But one of the things I, I really like about the Yacht Club are there. there are a lot of little details in there that you can look for. Um, things, subtle things like uh, the six drawer chest uh, that's in the sitting area that if you look closely is little nameplates with Mickey Minnie Donald on it, which is a very cool find. I love it when little kids are standing there and they notice it and they scream, oh, mommy, mommy, look, this is Mickey's drawer. So um, that's very cool. Uh, the other thing I like, uh, another subtle touch uh, actually throughout the resort, but in the lobby um, over towards the captain's grill, you'll see nautical flags up on the wall. And they, you may think they're random and they don't mean anything, but in, in that case, they actually spell out captain's grill. If you make your way down to the fittings and fairings, close and notion store, there's nautical flags in there that spell out the yacht club. So that's a neat detail that a lot of people might not realize as they're looking at it. <clears throat> And, of course, the Yacht Club Lobby is home to this beautiful, massive globe with uh, a hidden Mickey in the southern waters, if you're uh, looking hard enough. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite things about the Yacht Club, Yavida, and one of, the, um, one of the hostesses told me about it uh, when I was asking, hey, what's cool about this resort, is that... Um, one of the elevators in the bank of four elevators is a faux elevator. It's a false elevator, which I didn't realize the first few times I had been there. But sure enough, if you head over there and sneak around the back behind one of them, you'll see there's just an alcove there with. There used to be a phone there. I don't know if it's still there or not. But um, but, but I th- it's just one of those cool Disney, no detail left undone. Like they they could have left that area blank, obviously, but. I, I, to complete the uh, completeness of the elevator area, they put a what seems to be a fully functioning door in there, but it's not real, and it's it's a pretty cool thing to find. Um, the other thing the yacht, club, uh, the yacht club features, which I think is really neat, is this grand, beautiful, grand wooden staircase that um, most people really don't go up unless you're staying on the second floor. But I would suggest if you are there, <clears throat> like take a walk up the stairs, um, even if you're not staying on the second floor. But as you go up the stairs and then make your way down the hall, you'll see this quaint little sitting area, um, which is a great hidden spot to sit and relax that most people don't know about. Um, sometimes there's a cast member there. I think I've seen the DVC people there sometimes. But um, you may have it to yourself. But again, it's one of those hidden... Hidden little places to put your feet up and relax that most people don't know about. Um, but the staircase itself is beautiful, and that I, I will say with the yacht club that that is kind of a little wow factor it has is that beautiful staircase. Um, I, during the holidays, one of the it's got one of the favorite holiday features. I like they have a little uh, Christmas village which includes. Um, a, ho- a candy store called Marceline's Homemade Candy which is a tribute to Walt Disney growing up in Marceline which most people don't know about um, as they're looking at it they might not see it and realize what it is they're seeing but again it's one of those little touches that Disney throws in here and there um, which is great hopefully that'll be there again this year we'll see as Christmas rolls around but um, uh, but that's that's my second one So So it's... uh, And I left out, and I'm sure you can fill in some blanks of things I left out, too.
0: Well, Curiouser, sorry, Curiouser and Curiouser, you clearly have uh, a love of architect Robert A.M. Stern, who designed both of those resorts. Oh, yeah. And what else, what other Disney project did he sort of help plan? Uh, The Boardwalk. Not even close. Celebration. The Town of (laughs) Celebration. (laughs) (laughs) so uh obviously you know i almost sort of you can almost wrap these two into a single resort but you're right the the differences in the theming and for me i think the 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 differentiator between beach club and yacht club for me is i think beach club is much more casual and relaxed it's sort of where you go and and you can sort of chill and lobby and this is a much more obviously nautical uh Elegant, the sort of upscale type of resort. So this really makes me feel like you are in um, a, a very high-end resort um, in New England by the sea in the late 1800s. And, and like you said, the, the dark woods and the the millwork and the brass fixtures and, and the dark hardwood floors um, adds an element of, I don't know, I don't want to, the, the word that it's like, it's a class. It's a very it's a classy resort. Right. It's a very <laughs> high end sort of this is where um, uh, the higher echelon of people would go and would stay. And to your point about the secret sitting area, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I used to live in New Jersey and South Florida and would drive up to Disney to do research. A lot of times, if I was in the Epcot area, uh, that's where I would go. I would go up to mm-hmm. that second level because there's a huge, um, a, a giant sort of like mahogany desk with a very rich, dark, I, I think, I mean, the chair, it was a sort of a, uh, a dark, reddish, rusty, brown color um, plush leather chair that you mm-hmm. could sit in. And it did, it made you feel as though you were sitting behind the desk of a very high-end executive's office up in um, up in the Northeast somewhere. So I, I agree, and I, I like that it's a seaside theme with a little bit more uh, elegance to it. Yes. Interesting.
1: Yes. All right, so... Um, <laughs> I feel like I should be dressed up in my little suit and tie.
0: Oh, I could see little Timmy my Foster. Blue, my blue it, captain's hat. Your Jack. little blue shorts and your little <laughs> blue nautical top and your little yes, captain's hat. Little- My little captain's hat, yes. God, if I can get a – I have to talk to your parents. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I am – You're torn. I'm I'm going to go in maybe the direction you were hoping I would go, maybe a different direction than you are going. Like you said, it's very – not that it's easy, but I think our mind instantly goes to the deluxe resorts for a a, – a wide variety of reasons, but I'm actually gonna go in the opposite direction. And I am gonna to go to the value resorts. Yes. And, and are you hoping? I know,
1: where are you going?
0: I hope that you're hoping mm-hmm. that you hope that I go to yes. Disney's Pop Century Resort. Yes! Yahtzee, the yes! bromance continues. That's where I hoped you would go. <laughs> um, and you know, it look, it, it's one of those that does not necessarily have a wow factor unless you go and look for it, right? You walk into Pop Century's lobby and it is obviously um, very bright and, and very colorful, but the the appeal for me and the reason why I like this resort, look, you, uh, you hear me say it probably weekly, I, I am a nostalgic, and Disney's Pop Century allows you to go down and take a trip down memory lane. Well, that's what the lobby literally allows you to do, right? Because as you go through, and look to the, the far wall uh, across from the check in area, you will find uh, dozens of framed artifacts and, and relics from the past. That the the timeline there sort of parallels the buildings and the decades, so you will see everything from you know the 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 fifties and the sixties, and you know for me I, I spent a lot of time in the 80s section because that was uh, that was sort of one of my favorite decades, and I love going through and I love other people going through and go oh gosh I, I had one of these because they're not just photographs but they are actual. Whether they are signs or toys, excuse me, collectibles, whatever it could be, that are framed on the walls. And, you know, what I love is not just the history and, and reminiscing, but the fact that Disney went out and sourced all these things. They went out and found all of these actual artifacts that they were able to put in the lobby. And I love going through, not just to sort of remember what I had or what I saw, but taking. Other people through, or taking younger kids through and saying, These are, you think, you you guys and your fancy little iPads, this is what we used to play with. This was my Evil Knievel stunt set from 1976. So did I. Gosh, I've got to find that on eBay. Um, (laughs) But I I love being able to take that walk down memory lane and not just see uh, photos of milestones throughout history that you'll find behind the check in desk, but you'll actually find a lot of those real thing so i, I tim i think I, I actually think that they have your leg warmers from 1984 in there are they yeah yeah the the, the, the pink the ones pink, right. purple striped
1: ones yeah
0: you you loved your jazzercise and and getting fit with olivia newton john oh, so yeah, yeah. the oh, of course the jane fonda workout who could possibly yeah. forget yeah that's why that's why i'm in the shape <laughs> i am today and <laughs> body doesn't happen naturally you work no, at that I... this, take, this takes a lot of work my friend so yeah, so I wanted to uh, I wanted to give some love to not I wasn't specifically looking for a value, but I think that um that uh, you know, charm and appeal and fun finds can be found found in the lobbies, not necessarily in the higher end resorts, but I think on every I mean, look, we could do a you know, art of animation too very easily could have been on my list.
1: Mm. No, I'm really glad you said that cuz as, as you kind of catch on as I'm going through my list I usually like to stay over in the Epcot resort area but I, I was at I Pop see Century. how you roll
0: I see how that celebrations you you roll you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> But no I I I was at Pop Century years ago and I I, I do remember all of the in, incredible just detail the memento all, all the s- Cool things that were on the wall, and I was hoping you would bring that up because, because I remember that that was just so cool, and I, you know, I I did it like running through, going to my room, so I had a chance to look at all of them. But there's, that, actually, that's one, there's actually there's actually a you really cool. Stay one. there for, you know, a, a real long time, just looking, going down, and just looking at all the good things, and going down memory lane, and. I remember that, and I remember that, and your kids are looking at you like, what are you talking about? Well, and
0: it gives the kids something to look at, too. But I will tell you, the next time you go, there's actually, and there was, I haven't been there in a while, but I remember that there is one of... Um, the framed panes from, the, obviously, the 70s. That's all Walt Disney World stuff from mm. right around the opening. So they have a lot of, like, the books and, and stuff that I had and the maps that I sometimes will refer to on the show. You'll find those in there. They have, like, old ticket books and my big, you know, the big black square guidebook and the Mickey Mouse back scratcher and old uh, nice. swizzle sticks and match. I mean, things you'll never find. You will never find another Walt Disney World matchbook, you know, a current matchbook. Anytime soon, so they'll they'll probably never make those again. And I think they still had the Atari up there, the twenty six hundred. I had that. I still do. I still have it, and I have all my games. And I'm just trying to find a way to connect it to my, you know, high def TV. TV Somehow, yeah. Doesn't have they don't have the little screws on the back anymore (laughs) to screw it into. But
1: (laughs) that's so awesome. Air Sea Battle. I remember playing that for hours. Pac Man, E (laughs) T. All right, well, big surprise. I'm going to continue my tour around Crescent Lake at Epcot Resort area and land on the boardwalk. Which again, I I I always think of the the Beach Club Yacht Club boardwalk as, you know, trio resorts and the the very similar but very different in their own special way. And like the Yacht Club and the Beach Club, the boardwalk doesn't it doesn't have a you know the five story lobby and and all that, um, but again, it has its own elegance. It has its own theming. This time we're on you know the boardwalks of New Jersey from days of old, and there are a lot of details. They're they're more fun and arcade oriented, old time arcade oriented. Um, but it does, it does feature a number of really unusual details and unique details. And I think the one that everyone is drawn to immediately is the amazing chandelier. That's sort of off the lobby somewhat that has this weird seahorse creature or or several of them. And people might wonder, what is that? And um, it's, this is the, I hope I'm saying this right, the hippocampus, <laughs> electrolere, chandelier. Um, uh, the hippocampus being this mythological creature that goes all the way back to 6th century BC, if not before, mentioned in the Iliad, made famous by the Greeks. And your favorite, Lou, the Phoenicians, so glad they made the alphabet so we could spell this properly. Um. You're not yelling at me. You should yell at me when well, I say Well, because that. I,
0: when you said hippocampus, I was waiting for you to start describing the, the center of the brain that <clears throat> controls emotion and memory and things like that. So I'm happy that you got the <laughs> correct.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, it's but it's an, it's an amazing feature. Um, now, I, I mentioned like in the Yacht Club and the Beach Club, they don't have the massive grand chandeliers that you might see in the other ones, but you will find one in the boardwalk this beautiful chandelier weighing 3000 pounds covered with 22 karat gold with uh custom blown glass and crystal it's a it's a beautiful the uh, thing to look at and admire but not the only unusual touch in that lobby and if you as you make your way into the lobby itself um uh, the, the other thing that kind of strikes you right away is over uh the fireplace this elephant which you might wonder what it's for, and it's it's a tribute to uh, Lucy the elephant, which was uh, a structure that was in Atlantic City and was huge. It was six stories high, built back in 1881. 1881, um, but again, it's it's there. It, it's carrying that theme of the Atlantic City Boardwalk, uh, which most people probably won't remember, but it, it it adds to that arcade, fun, festive feel. And again, it's an unusual detail, which there's a lot of them in the boardwalk. The other thing I like in the boardwalk is over the lobby, or over the reception desk, registration desks, are these series of paintings. And if you look at closely, you'll find uh, a few that feature the castles of Disneyland, Disneyland, Paris, and Tokyo, Disneyland, which is one of those cool self-referential, self-referential Disney touches that you'll find every once in a while. But um, again, it's it's a beautiful lobby that, again, features s- several sitting areas, uh, which is a great place to sit and relax. Um, the thing with this lobby, which I think is kind of interesting, is if you're coming from Epcot and you're coming – From Crescent Lake into it. It's actually upstairs. Um, It's unlike the other two. So, as you go up, um, you'll also find a nice lounge to sit in, um, which we've done sometime. I think we played a nice game of checkers there one day. Uh, So, again, it's filled with beautiful places to sit and relax. Um, If you walk down the lobby through the halls, you'll find uh, these penny arcade machines and uh, all kinds of references to the old time carousels and roller coasters that used to be on the boardwalk. And, and again, it's a understated, smaller lobby, but filled with details that carry out the whole theming of the resort.
0: Once again, there, you love your Robert Um, Stern. I'm I'm getting a sense that there's a consistency to the, the theming and the feel uh, of what appeals to little Timmy Foster, These, this turn-of-the-century simple elegance and, and charm along the seaside. I, I'm getting it. I'm getting
1: well, it. Well, I also like that I can just kind of, you know, walk into Epcot.
0: That's pretty much, it's a, just that's, a that's, convenience. That it's that a lazy, a big, you just like it out of laziness. It <laughs> has a lot to do with it, too. So. I will tell you, uh, I almost had this on my list because I do have, uh, I, I love the boardwalk. Uh, so much so to prove the fact that I love the boardwalk, I did two shows about the resort um, very, very close to each other. If you go back to show number 310, I did a full show about the hidden treasures of the boardwalk and all the stories and everything that really sort of goes into the inspiration behind the resort and the significance behind the props and the replicas and and all those antiques that you'll find not just throughout the lobby but uh, in other places throughout the hotel and even outside. And then just two, ep- three episodes later on show 313, we talked about the Luna Park pool and the promenade and what might have been for not just the resort, but the Disney boardwalk resort area. So, and it actually to, gosh, just to maybe a month or two ago, I did a, for the WW Radio Nation, we, I do a monthly scavenger hunt and I had an entire scavenger hunt just about, the Boardwalk Resort. I did like 50 questions in sort of a virtual scavenger hunt trying to help you find because so many of these details are hiding in plain sight and I mm-hmm. think the Boardwalk is a great example of taking the time and, and the Boardwalk does something that most other lobbies don't do. So the reason why that you know about the hippocampus electrolier is not because you were a great Googler or used the Bing like an expert is because they have little placards, little signs explaining uh, about what it is and why it's there. The same thing with the uh, the, the miniature carousel by the um, uh, gosh uh, Marcus Illions, who had designed that carousel. And there's a story there. And then the little the flip flap railway coaster. So they want you to dig a little deeper and discover some of those layers of the onions, and you know find out why the nanny chair is there and why it looks the way it does, and what happens if you turn that nanny chair around what little uh, hidden gem you might find behind it. So you can find those on the show, or if you're a nation member, you'll probably obviously find it in your scavenger hunt. But uh, I do like it as well for a lot of the same reasons, not necessarily because uh, out of sheer, sheer laziness, but I just like the <laughs> theming of uh, of that resort as well. And I do like the location in terms of the amenities that the boardwalk has. And it's show 313, if you've never heard it, is really interesting to find out just some of the other things that were supposed to be there, that was going to make that boardwalk a, a very different place and have a very different feel and and much more of a uh, a destination than just a place to go and eat or go back to your resort.
1: Nice.
0: You you've never. Listened I'm going to go it. turn you've that chair around <laughs> next time I go down. You've never turned the chair around. <gasps> no, I, I didn't know. That. You've never turned no. the scary nanny chairs around. No. Oh, see. No. Next time I you will take me now. To fl- next time you fl- take me to flying fish, I uh-huh. will uh I'll be happy to show you. Okay. So all right. Um <laughs> Oh gosh. I, I, I don't I almost I almost don't know where to go next.
1: If it helps you, I realize I kinda over did I actually have six things on my list. So uh
0: That's good. Listen, it's it, you yeah, know what so, uh, it's nice to see you coming prepared. Yeah, for, I, I did. For it's ten years later. It's nice to see that things are finally starting to change, and yeah, you're doing a little I'm bit I'm starting of... to get the gist. <laughs> um, I'm going to save one until the end because I I just have a feeling in my heart of hearts that it is one that is on your list, and I think we could probably discuss. Um, all right, I'm going to go out of the order that I had intended because I think my last two are probably on your lists, and. This one this one actually might be one that stirs up some interesting discussion because I think it is on some people's list and I think it may have used to have been on some other people's lists. And what I'm gonna put on there is I know where you're going. Where am I going?
1: Are we in the magic kingdom?
0: No this Area? is this is the lobbies by the way this is well I mean in them no. <laughs> Yes it is the uh it is the top 10 resort lobbies and that resort is one that ties into the magic kingdom because it ties directly into the theming of adventureland you and know Middle of course North. that I'm talking about my friend and yours disney's polynesian yes. village resort and of course bungalows Um, And I said it's somewhat controversial because I think when they redid the lobby about a year or so ago as part of an overall refurbishment of the resort, they took out the giant lava rock waterfall and and floral centerpiece that was in there. And a lot of people, I think for nostalgic reasons, were sad to see that go. I was as well. The the Polynesian was where I stayed with my parents a lot when I was a kid because we came in the 70s. It was only one of three resorts to stay at. But I love what they did with the the new lobby and the new theming, right? Because I think it got away from a little bit of that kitschy, campy, uh, 60s, 70s, tiki culture, and it's a much more representative of – the, the, the culture and the the people um, and the decor that you would find in the South Pacific. And when they redid the lobby, the first thing I thought of when I saw it was that it reminded me of Disney's Aulana Resort in Hawaii. And and why? Because when those doors open and you step into the lobby, it's big and it's open and it's expansive and it's tall and it's bright. And I loved how you the, – the first thing I remember seeing, believe it or not, were – how the the colors of the couches, these red colors, really sort of popped. So they got away from those old seventies browns and oranges to a certain degree, and there was a a vibrancy to it. And you can look through. And yes, there still is a floral centerpiece that's much smaller. I think the old lobby was dark, right? And if you sort of think mm-hmm. back and take the emotional nostalgic out of, out of the way, it was a it really darkened that lobby. But now. You have that entire sort of glass ceiling. You've got the beautiful, um, uh, very delicate sort of bamboo uh, um, and sort of like paper lanterns, these big paper lanterns hanging from the ceiling. I think you <clears throat> excuse me, still get that focal centerpiece. But what you also get is now you can look past that to the doors on the opposite side. And what do you see out of it, right? You see the the volcano pool. If you could sort of, if you have like Superman vision or you could use your imagination, you could almost see the, really the magic kingdom and the castle in the distance. And I think that really opened up the lobby a lot. I think it still is very lush. I think it still is very green. I think it still evokes a lot of what you saw in the previous lobby. I still think, I actually think it's much more comfortable And that was before there's a lot of really wonderful places to sit in there and actually this is one of the lobbies that I have in the past I've sat and just chatted with people you know you meet and you get together you don't have to go over to Trader Sam's or the Pineapple Lanai or upstairs to the Tambu Lounge you could sit in this lobby um, and just chat with friends because again. It's a multi-sensory experience, right? It's not just what you see, but what you hear. You've got that Polynesian music subtly in the background. The cast members are, are dressed, and there's there's lays. More importantly, close your eyes and don't just listen, but use all five senses. Taking you don't even need to take in a deep breath breath to smell the fresh flowers, right? As you walk through from the outside, you know, uh, um, like look down and, and sort of that the texture of the the stone pavers you can smell and you can see the tiki torches as you approach and to me that all sort of feeds in to the theming and the feel of that lobby and so for me there still is a new warmth and comfort and sense of place and being transformed into the south Sea somewhere but it also still carries over the nostalgia that it had from october of 1971
1: I, it was interesting you brought that I had the same thought you did about you know should I put this on or not because of what you said I, I missed the lava rock fountain in the middle but um, you know I, I do like I, I do like the new lobby I think you and I have sat upstairs outside of Ohana which is a wonderful place to sit and relax but um, I, I do know the last time I was there though the I was actually thinking in terms of pop century when you were talking about Polynesian because as as you're wandering, making your way over towards Pineapple and all the stuff down that way, as you go through the hall, they have this wonderful case filled with all these nostalgic items, um, old comic books, uh, old albums. And for you kids out there, these are the big 12-inch things you – Made of wax that you put on this thing that's spun around, and you stuck a needle <laughs> on. Um, uh, photos of the original rooms, uh, the original resort, the way it was when it was first built, which uh, reminded me of, of like a pop century where they have just cases filled with all kinds of artifacts. So that's a cool thing that when you're visiting the Polynesian, um, most people just breeze by it on their way to their final stop but it's it's a great place to stop and look and just um get a great look at the history of walt disney world and you'll get a lot of a, a lot of sense of, of how it was when it first opened
0: lightning and, round trivia question <clears throat> yes who sings the luau cha-cha-cha on a record album found in the polynesian village resort display case
1: Bing crosby
0: she is known as the Pineapple Princess. Britney Spears. <clears throat> One of Walt Disney's personal favorites. Annette
1: uh, Funicello.
0: Yeah. It took us a long time to get there. And wait, <laughs> we're keeping the lightning round going. Yes. Who wrote the song Pineapple Princess?
1: The Sherman Brothers?
0: Oh, you got so lucky on there because those <laughs> <are> the, <laughs> that is the only songwriting team that you know of, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and and, McCartney. and here you go. Yes, you got five seconds to answer this. If oh, you get on. this right, I will take you on a Disney cruise. I kid you not. Well, like- what Walt Disney production movie poster can be found in that display case, very close to Annette singing the Pineapple Princess? Four,
1: three, Castaway Cowboy. Stop it! Stop come it! On. You and I Shut are your face! How did we're you- cruising? <laughs> Did you really, get, dude? How did you get that? You promised me. You promised me. You I'm and get the my Google. Oh.
0: We're going. Well, listen. You, we will go on. Listen, we will go on a cruise. I, I promise. You probably don't need a bathing suit because uh, the no. jungle cruise actually they discourage you from jumping in the water. <laughs> but I will take you. you know. on a – what? All right, that's fine. All right, listen. I'm a man no. of my word. I will take you on a cruise. <laughs> I will take you on a real
1: quick. You know, the one thing with the Polynesian I, hoped, and I hope that I still it. How'd you get that?
0: I'm still in
1: shock. I, Dude, I, you I, know my...
0: nothing about Disney and you get Castaway Cowboy. <laughs>
1: <I'll> <laughs> tell you later. You love your Google.
0: You love the Google, don't you?
1: No, I did not Google this. I swear. <laughs> I swear. How can I Google that and that you gave me 54321? I can't Holy type that. Back. Cow.
0: Um. I think I just fell in love with you just a little bit more, just <laughs> saying
1: Are you okay now?
0: I'm good. I am feel all good. Right.
1: The one thing I'm hoping with the Polynesian, or was hoping, was since they did take out the lava rock fountain pool slash thingy, um, I was hoping, this is my own personal thing, that that meant the Polynesian could join the Wilderness Lodge and the Grand Floridian What? We haven't talked about those yet? Maybe (laughs) we will. In having 60-foot, 70-foot giant Christmas trees in the lobby, which the Polynesian couldn't have before because there was something in the middle. But now that there wasn't something in the middle, was hoping there would be a big tree. This last Christmas season, there still wasn't one. But I'm crossing my fingers in the next holiday season or two. The Polynesian might be graced with its own, oh, my gosh, Christmas tree that will all go. I like that. Oh, my. Because now there's room for it. And just imagine what they could do with that tree and that theming and what it could look like. So that's my plea to Disney. Please think about it. Consider it. So I like it. We'll see. So, all right, back to me. So if as I'm cruising around the Epcot Resorts area, guess where I'm going next? <sighs>
0: <laughs> you're kind of running out of resorts. Running out. There's only you're, couple. You're months. running out of resorts. I, and I'm, I'm wondering if you're putting on ones that I had contemplated putting on, partially because I think they're so far off the radar, not just in terms of lobby. But I think these hotels are off the radar for most guests in general.
1: I think we're exactly where I'm going to the Swan and Dolphin, right?
0: Can we stop at Blue Zoo because you know, I (laughs) do. Dude, you've never been, have you? No, I'm afraid. Uh, Oh, listen, I have two words. I will tell you. Quick aside, yeah. The miso glazed miro for years was the best thing I had ever put in my. It was. It still is an amazing dish. I may have fallen in love. I know I've fallen in love. With the Cantonese lobster, uh, it we're we're will going. change your life.
1: We're going. Let's you go. You had me at lobster.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, we got this. This is nice. Uh,
1: all right. Well, hey, milkshakes at the Fountain View
0: <laughs> that
1: we shared were were wonderful too. So you can't go wrong there. So hey, but I'll start in the Dolphin, and I t- I'm I'm calling these two resorts in one. Um. That was one thing I had on my, my short dolphin list was the waterfall feature outside of Blue Zoo, which is amazing. Now, out of the two, the dolphin has the smaller lobby, and actually, I remember there's a reason for that, but I can't remember what it is, but maybe you'll remember and fill in the blanks when I'm done. But, um, but the dolphin lobby does have a few cool little touches in it, that waterfall being one of them. There's also a model of the Swan Dolphin Resort. Um, which is really really cool to look at. Um, it, it's in a acrylic glass case, and it, it's uh, like an architectural model of the whole thing. Really cool to look at. The thing I like that that they have recently refurbished um, both resorts, and and you know it's still beautiful. And it's non Disney way, which we've talked about before. But I, I think they're beautiful res- hotels in their own. Right, but um, the touches of Michael Graves still abound, and um, many most of the rooms of not all of them you know feature paintings that were by Michael Graves or reproductions of them um, by the Mediterranean market in the dolphin there's a huge painting by Michael Graves, which uh, reflects the style of both. Hotels, so that's that's a wonderful thing to seek out. Um, but it's over at the swan where you'll find the big, massive, breathtaking lobby. Which, uh, as I know, I, know I brought up Christmas a few times, but um, this is the home to one of I think the most unusual and beautiful trees is the, the white point seta tree that um stands in the swan lobby during the holidays. Wait, season. isn't
0: that backwards? The dolphin has the big lobby. Is that right? Yeah, I can sure? I, I understand. Look, I said can't his lobster, and I threw you off for a game. I all apologize. All right.
1: Here. Well, whichever one has the the big <laughs> lobby, are you
0: sure? I'm positive. Do you want to know why? Because the dolphin is the tallest resort in Walt oh, Disney okay. World.
1: All right. So never mind. I get that all backwards. Drop a little so anyway, trivia. Anyway, the dolphin there. you'll find this big, massive, wonderful lobby. Um. Now you just threw me off totally. But Canton- one of my- <laughs>
0: Cantonese lobster, focus. Cantonese lobster.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, like I said, I, I think of them as two resorts, and one, one of my favorite features now, which I'm going to say isn't a dolphin, but um, is the <clears throat> coming out of the lobby as you head towards um, the – what do you call it? The connecting area between the two as you're heading outside. There's a small room that has this barrel vaulted ceiling. And it's uh, it has a few chairs. It's a nice place to sit and relax. During the day, you might not take much notice of it other than go, wow, that's pretty as you walk through. But um, I r- highly recommend that you visit this at night because when it gets dark outside, that vaulted ceiling comes alive with... Hundreds of little fiber optic stars, and if you uh, you can sit in one of the chairs, relax, just look up, and it's a dazzling sight. You know, it reminds me of the fiber optics in the ground in Future World in Epcot, but uh, it's 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 one of those touches you usually don't notice during the day because it's you know it's light and you can't see what's going on up there. But as the sun goes down, and they start to. They start to peek out, just like the stars in this real sky, and it's it's a beautiful place to sit in the evening and relax. And um, yeah, so that's it. (laughs) That's all I got. I I knew I was going to mix up both of those lobbies. It's very easy
0: to do. It's very so. And I'm with you. And and the one thing that I don't think that you mentioned that it smells great is how it smells. Yeah, it's uh, and I that's you know, that's a show that I did years ago that the top 10 smells we did years ago, the top 10 smells of Walt Disney World that I remember I was afraid to do because people <coughs> were to think that we were crazy. But when I said like the musty water smell of pirates, like still to this day, man, I get emails. I'm like, oh, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think we need to revisit that because I think the the swan and dolphin is one of the the, the two of the lobbies that I find the. Um, a multi century sort of getting the sort of the olfactory senses uh, really engaged is primarily there. There's sort of like a, a peppermint and a jasmine. It it almost smells like a, a spa, right? It smells mm-hmm. very clean. Um, it, there's something very refreshing about it. Whereas if you go to places like the uh, Polynesian or the yacht and the beach club, the 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 scents are very different, right? So if you go to there's almost like um like an aloe smell that you get which sort of makes sense right you sort of sort of a, it's the same thing that you get in the, the yacht and beach clubs or this beachside um, seaside type of a of a scent to it where this is a much more refreshing spa like feeling so i think there's a a tranquility to those lobbies i also find them very comfortable like the seats mm-hmm. are very very comfortable there yeah. and like you like you said during the holidays, uh, the the white poinsettia tree is very, very impressive. You know, you're talking about a grand lobby. The uh, The Dolphin Lobby is very, very impressive. And I do like the lobby bar that's right off there, too, if you do want uh, <laughs> to just sit and, and
1: relax. You like kimonos, don't you?
0: Oh, dude, don't even get me started. Yeah. Don't, don't give away my secret sushi place, man.
1: <laughs> I think the Swan and Dolphin is cool because the lobbies and the details there are very cool, but – I just—they're very different from everything else we're talking about because they're not—they're not really Disney touches per se, but they're—they're ju- they're just, you know, very uh, cool and interesting and beautiful in their own right. So it's kind of a resort unto itself in that sense, but still right. very beautiful to to check out.
0: So. Right. There, there is no sprinkling of, of Disney's pixie dust on the resort themselves, but yeah. I think that they are sometimes a nice. <clears throat> Uh, a nice alternative if you maybe don't want that. Or, you know, I think some people think of Swan and Dolphin as just convention hotels and they're not real Disney hotels and mm-hmm. I, I can't stay there. Like, And it's completely the opposite. Um, it's just the opposite. Next, and, 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 you know, we've said it obviously a hundred times that the restaurants there are amazing, yes. amazing restaurants. So it's mm-hmm. Cantonese Lobster, I, I promise mm-hmm. you on the next one. I'm time. in. All Sorry. right, so next on my list, I think we're going to start getting Tim um, and I think these last three or two. And I, and I think... The one that I'm going to next is going to lead into one that I'm going to segue to, which is going to lead to the final one. I think these are the ones. Probably, well, I got
1: one to sneak in before my of final Of course you do. One, it,
0: dude, you've me. learned. My little Padawan, you're learning how to do the Lou Mangiello sneak in. Um, I think that when you start to think of... <laughs> When the doors open and you step into a lobby, you want something that is jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring, like, wow, Like this is the Disney lobby. And you can sit in any of these next three lobbies and watch that reaction from people who have never been there before. And the first place I'm going is... It's not my favorite resort, but one of my favorite lobbies, and it's Disney's Animal Kingdom. Mm. Because when you walk into... Jumbo House. It is very much an awe-inspiring lobby, right? It's that it's that four-story tall um the the views are, are just breathtaking. Uh the chandeliers are incredible. The, these giant um the the and again, I think this is very close to um design-wise and layout-wise to Wilderness Lodge, which I think we're going to go to next. But um I think that it's an amazing – and look, I, I, the lobby is not just what you see when you look up and around, but even the lobby itself, um, there, there's great – there's really comfortable seating there. I love that um, – the, the large mud fireplace is sort of that covered mud fireplace at the far end of the lobby. You can look out over the savannah. There's a seating area off to the left-hand side. There are, like Wilderness Lodge, true – Artifacts and, and cultural bits of, of, of memorabilia uh, that are from a variety of nations in Africa with plaques that explain it and the cast members who are there to talk to you about it. There's a lot of cultural programs that take place right in the lobby itself, um, which is one of the things that uh, many resorts have, but I think this is one that does it exceptionally. Um, because you can do things just simply there in a lobby while you're waiting to check in or while your kids are sitting there. There's a lot of neat things for kids or adults to do. So uh, for me, Animal Kingdom Lodge was very, very, very high on my list of lobbies that truly have that that awe-inspiring view when you walk in. There's wonderful little relaxing common areas inside, Uh, and outside as well. And the theming there is one that is like many portals that you step through in the resorts or in the parks is very transformative. You instantly feel as though you are no longer in central Florida, but you've been transported to some other very, very exotic location.
1: I I, am glad you got, this is one of those grand, grand lobbies that immediately popped to mind. Um, And there's, the thing I really like about it, it's so huge and expansive that it's just, it's fun just exploring it. Um, uh, One of my favorite spots and a great place to take pictures is if you go up to the, I forget, the fourth or fifth floor or whatever it is, uh, there's a, you can take a walk on a bridge that goes across the lobby. And from there the views are spectacular um um you know and again a great place to take pictures this is also one i think this lobby more than any other one has i think it has a very different feel from daytime to nighttime Mm -hmm. because there's so many during the day there's tons of windows and they let all this light in and it's um you know, it's it's beautiful during the day, of course, but it takes on a totally different feel at night when uh, there is no sunlight streaming in from the windows, and you're seeing it not in the not in the dark, but in its in its nighttime setting. And it um, <clears throat> to me, it takes on a whole different feeling at night. And I also think it's one of those resorts. It's not easy to get to. It's not like um, like we've been talking about the Epcot resorts, and we're going to talk about the Magic Kingdom resorts. Um, where you can get on the monorail and go resort hopping to spend the afternoon. The Animal Kingdom Lodge—you have to make an effort to get there, but this is one of those lobbies. This is this is worth the trip if you have time, just to go check it out, even if you're not staying there. Um, <clears throat> to see the lobby, do some shopping, go outside, look at the animals. Um, it's it's really a destination lobby in its its own right. Um, worth going to see, even though it's not the easiest one to get to compared to the other resorts that you can usually walk to.
0: So. I love, yeah. I love the term destination lobby.
1: Yes. See,
0: I dig that a lot, man. I think that's, um, that's a great way to put it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because we talk about lobbies. You should see around the holidays, right? Cause they're decorated mm-hmm. for Christmas. And that's I, one of them. Sir, Absolutely. And I think Amazing. this is one that you should go and see even when it's not during Christmas. And to your point, it does have such a different feel. And the reason why it's so different at night is because the Arusha Savannah is right outside. Again, and there's obviously the far end of the lobby is all floor-to-ceiling uh, glass windows. Because the lobby is there, they don't use artificial light outside that bleeds in. So it is very dark. But the, the, the temperature... Of the colors on the inside, again those those oranges and those browns really gives it a sense of warmth that feels very different when that bright Florida sunlight and the blue sky behind is coming in during the day. So, if you are sort of aware and of, of the the temperature and the color palette, look how different and feel how different that lobby is from daytime to nighttime.
1: Yeah, this is uh, yeah, th- this is one lobby where the word breathtaking absolutely applies it's 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 incredible so before we get to our what i think are going to be our finals <laughs> ones, i did realize i had a sixth one i wanted to sneak in um and now i'm now i'm slipping over to the magic kingdom Hmm. and i wanted to talk about the contemporary resort a little bit and and it's and i'm gonna cheat <laughs> majorly on this one but um the lobby itself in the contemporaries, you know, being the, where the registration desks are, there's not a whole lot to it in terms of, uh, you know, expanse and um, room and lots of details other than the, the theming and the decoration of, of the contemporary look that the entire resort has. Um, but if you cheat. And if you can extend the lobby up a couple floors and include the second floor and include the fourth floor, um, then you'll, you'll find that – a, it's a great place to just go and hang out and relax. Um, whether you want to do some shopping at Buena Vesta Gifts or one of my favorite things to do is go to the second floor, which is the convention floor and find those hidden areas, those hidden sitting areas with couches and chairs that, assuming there aren't conventions going on, nobody's there. You have it all to yourself. It's a great place to just sit, great place to have a snack from upstairs. Um, So um, on the main floor, or I'm sorry, on the lobby floor, the first floor, um, there are a few little touches that are cool. One of the other little not so hidden places I like, but a cool place to sit is uh, the Wave restaurants waiting area, which is this incredible room that's uh, illuminated with this blue light, which it's hard to describe. And it's one of those you can't take a picture of it because it just won't come out. It's this blue that you've never seen before in your life. Um, It's an amazing, relaxing place to sit. Best to do it earlier in the day when the night crowd isn't coming in waiting for their tables but um and i would be remiss if i didn't mention the mary blair mural on in the grand concourse which is uh, you know a signature disney thing that you have to see um and i i know they switched out the grand concourse steakhouse uh you could then see the plaque with mary blair's signature on as well as the other artists that worked on it which is a great find but but i wanted to put the contemporary in there because it's it's not grand and it's not on the scale of the other lobbies of the other magic kingdom resorts but i felt like i just wanted to include it because it's kind of cool and geeky in its own way
0: and and i think you're i I thought about the the contemporary a lot too because it's Where primarily we stayed as a kid, you mentioned the wave. I was thinking back to the Fiesta Fun Center. If that was still there, now you're talking about a lobby. Like, that's the way to do it. Right. But I I do sort of consider the fourth floor Grand Canyon Concourse as part of the lobby. I I, I don't know why. It is totally a cheat, like you said. But I think when you think of the contemporary, that is sort of what you instantly think about. It it is so unique. There is nothing— like the the feel and the sound and the rush of the wind as the monorail passes overhead, especially if you're eating at Chef Mickey's or whatever. So um I, I had it sort of in in a very, you know, honorable mention y kind of way. Yeah, I was gonna list.
1: say honorable mention. Yeah. Category. Yeah.
0: So so I, I think so. next, I think we're going to the same place. I, I know that was your honorable mention <clears throat> sneak in addition to the list, but is Wilderness Lodge, because I think Wilderness Lodge sort of ties in to a certain degree. It's a nice well, segue we go from there first. Animal Kingdom. I
1: got another one on the list that I As was do I talk more. As do I. Well, why don't you start with the Wilderness Lodge?
0: Well, it was your turn, but okay. All right, well,
1: so all right, then I'm going to the Grand Floridian. Wait, 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 no, 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 was... wait.
0: So wait, let's save Grand, Grand Floridian for last, because I think... All right,
1: well, I think we'll... About... well, you start talking about the Wilderness Lodge, because I honestly... Do you see what
0: happens when we don't talk about our list ahead of time? So I, I, the reason why I, I sort of connected Wilderness Lodge to Animal Kingdom Lodge, yes. because when you walk in, it's transformative. You're instantly now not in Florida, but you're in some... You know, gigantic national parks style um, lodge and resort. Again, your eyes are drawn up to these massive chandeliers. It's very rustic. There's incredible music in the background. Um, I actually did an entire show back on like show number 48. We talked about the music of Wilderness Lodge. If you listen carefully, you'll hear music from like City Slickers 2 and Dances with Wolves and Silverado and a, a lot of... Music that is is traditional folk style music and a lot of things that you'll have found very familiar from um, some some classic and even some more modern films. Um, what where's it, where's there a Disney connection in the music of the Wilderness Lodge lobby? I know Lou, it's Angels in the Outfield, exactly the the wave from uh, by Randy uh, Elfman Edelman, but. Uh, and if you go back to show number 208, I did an entire show just about the history and the stories and the details of this lodge. But I, I, I put this on my list because, like Animal Kingdom, it's comfortable. Uh, you instantly feel like you are not in Florida. Uh, the atmosphere is is very, very transformative. Look, it could be 137 degrees outside in the middle of this summer but for some reason you are drawn to that gigantic stone fireplace, um, you know which sort of reflects the the layers of the Grand Canyon there is a sense of um the the natural elements like Animal Kingdom Lodge that I think this lobby pulls in is one of the one one of the reasons why it has such, charm and character and and obviously there's a huge amount of story in here from the things you look at on the ground in terms of the 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 blessing of the four directions and why the the parquet floor is laid out the way it is and why the totem poles have the story that they do uh that's how and why and you can talk to cast members about what everything means because like you said really early on tim everything that you see every detail has a meaning and a story behind it the stories of wilderness lodge are incredibly rich and incredibly deep and uh and one of my favorite overall resort stories and again if you go back to show 208 um we sort of go into that really in depth
1: yeah i this i was wavering which one to put first on my list and this this um, the one and the next one, we'll talk about our, our far and away my two favorites. The, the Wilderness Lodge Lobby, I, I love. Like you said, it's a comfortable place to sit. The fireplace is amazing. One of the things I love about the lobby is that that's not the only fireplace. If you venture up a, a few floors and walk around the perimeter of the lobby, you'll find Little fireplaces with small seating areas, um, like one of those hidden Disney World gems. And if you find one that's uh, nobody's sitting at, and you sit down. You have it all to yourself. It's a wonderful place to sit. Like the Animal Kingdom Lodge, this is a lobby that takes on a whole different feeling at night. Um, during the day, it, it, it again, it is. It has a great expanse of windows and is filled with natural light during the day. Um, But at night, it takes on a whole different uh, character, spectacular during Christmas. It's a must-see place during the holidays, not just because of the giant Christmas tree, but all of the lights and displays that surround the lobby, the railings of all the floors that go around. Um, And it's just filled with all sorts of Things to discover. You mentioned the fireplace. There's also the bridge that goes over the spring that feeds uh, the stream that goes down to you know all the way down to the pool. Um, Yeah, uh, you know the cases filled with artifacts.
0: There's a learning like 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 Animal Kingdom. There's a learning opportunity here too.
1: uh it's and it's one of the hidden Mickeys abound and it's I remember when we first started going there. Um I think it, I'm not sure if you still can do it today. They would give you one of the few places they'd actually give you a sheet, like a scavenger hunt where you can go, you know, look for all the hidden Mickeys that are in the lobbies. Or not all of them, but most of them anyway. Um and again, it's just it's this is one of those when we talked about or when I was talking about the beach club and the yacht club and so forth, like you don't necessarily walk in those and go, wow. Wilderness Lodge, you walk in and you go, wow, when you see it the first time. I remember, I, I think we've talked about this before. I think this was one of our, we did a uh, top 10 wow moments, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think this was one of them when when you walked into this lobby in particular. I remember taking my parents in for the first time and they they just stood there and their jaws dropped. It's just... An amazing site,
0: and I think that's why I was and surprised just, that it wasn't like first on your list because I yeah. I, I, well, I again, it vies
1: with the one that is first on my
0: list. Which, um, <clears throat> spoiler, a spoiler alert: I know it, it's all star music. It is. It
1: is. It's all star <laughs> music. Um, I love. I love my music. I love the piano pool. Um, now, the Grand Floridian lobby is uh, really vibes with the Wilderness Lodges. Far and away, my favorite lobbies in all of Walt Disney World. And I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody out there listening would say the same thing. Um, but the Grand Floridian lobby has a huge wow factor for totally different reasons than the Wilderness Lodge does. Instead of the rustic, northwestern feel of the Wilderness Lodge, now you're in this Victorian, elegant splendor, which is everywhere. Whether you come in from the monorail level, which is on the second floor, or you come in from downstairs, um, it's, it's, it's overwhelming to see the the expanse and beauty of this lobby. And, you know, as you walk in, it's, you know, like, like the Wilderness Lodge, it has a huge, it's, it's tall, five stories tall. Um, you'll see all kinds of, fantastic touches like the small aviary the caged elevator which goes up and forth between the second floor um one of the favorite things we like to do when we go down even if we're not staying at the grand floridian is to go visit and just sit in one of the so many comfortable chairs and couches to sit in and listen to the music whether it's the piano player or the grand floridian society orchestra playing on the second floor um it's it's a Great place to just sit, relax, listen to music, people watch. Um, it's also I th- uh, probably more than any other lobby we've talked about. Great place to go shopping because th- it's mm. filled with shops. <clears throat> um, like most of the resorts, like the Wilderness Lodge has the the Wilderness Lodge Mercantile store, but that's about it. That uh, the Grand Floridian. You could visit Summer Lace, you could go to Commander Porters, you could go to the M-Mouse Mercantile and get your Disney autograph books and pins and whatnot. And my uh, uh, guilty pleasure, (laughs) I will say, is going to Basin White. and, and, And I will freely admit to this. You go and you... Get the salt scrub. Oh, boy. Yeah, get a big bunch. Oh, no, yeah. stop with the Watch sound your effects. your hands. You put them in the sink. Get your own little towel. Your hands have never felt softer.
0: Please don't say bubble bath. Please don't say bubble bath. Please don't say bubble bath.
1: <clears throat> you can get the bath bomb. Stop. <laughs> which you take them. Home. Now, you can't get in. There's a tub there, but you can't get in there. But take them back to your resort. Oh, it's, it's heavenly. <clears throat> but um, No, but it, it's, it's, it's a shopper's dream just for even window shopping. Um I I know I think you're a big Meisner's <laughs> fan. Huge uh, Meisner's. Behind fan. the this Grand Floridian Society Orchestra stage more or less another great place to sit, relax, um and spend an early evening. Uh there's also on the second floor um you can go outside to these uh you know patio areas which have seating. Which are also great places to sit, and oftentimes you might find you'll have it all to yourself. Um, it's it's spectacular, but the big, the greatest feature, not during the holidays, which I'll get to, but the massive chandeliers and the stained glass domes that are up in the ceiling. It's I, I oftentimes will just sit on a chair or a couch and just sit back and just stare at them. They're so incredibly beautiful they're massive the chandeliers are uh, i think they weigh a a ton each they're 16 feet tall but the stained glass uh, domes themselves filled with incredible detail they're beautiful um it's just every inch of that lobby just oozes with victorian elegance and splendor it's it's beautiful and again it's one of those you walk in and you just you just go wow And again, at the holidays, it's even more spectacular. It's one of the most beautiful Christmas trees you'll ever see. And of course, the life-size gingerbread house, which is a must-see on every holiday Walt Disney trip. So um, again, I think it's hard to choose between the Wilderness Lodge and Grand Floridian as which one's my favorite. I'm not even going to try I'm just going to call them one and one A. So.
0: Well, because I think they're they're very different animals, and, and yes. I too had this the same uh, same difficulty. And I will tell you that my opinion of the Grand Floridian has changed, and what I mean by that is, years ago I said, "Oh, it's too foofy, like it's too I don't foofy. know, it's too foofy." That's a that's a Legal term. Well, um, you're
1: a meat and this kind of guy. I understand.
0: Well, there was something you know, warm and comfortable that I thought about Wilderness Lodge, and, and I said, "Oh, you know, Grand Floridian is it, it's, it's and and I admittedly use these terms. That I think other people do, and I, I want to change their opinion of the Grand Floridian, which is why I've been doing a lot of things about it recently, because I, I think a lot of people say, "Oh, it's it's too high end, it's too stuffy, it's too classic," and I disagree. Uh, and I've really come to Love this resort. You don't walk in and feel like I, I don't belong here. I- I'm not dressed right. You know, I, I sh- there is, so- look, the word grand is appropriate because there is a grandeur to that lobby. There is an elegance to that lobby, but there's also a warmth and comfortable, uh, a warmth and comfort to it as well. And the, you know, obviously it's very, uh, you know there's yellows and everything's accented in white and the the fixtures and the furnishings are exceptional exceptional the marble tile work which they did they just redid a few years ago added a bit of whimsy to it because now you can look and find characters in the marble so there is a little bit more of a sprinkling of Disney which maybe wasn't there initially maybe that's why I didn't feel it but there still is something <sighs> grandeur is is the word that comes to mind and like you said when you you know we always talk about looking up and looking around i mean this is truly the place that you sort of look up and like you said your your mouth sort of drops open when you see just the expansiveness of what this lobby is like and again multi-sensory there there's a certain scent to the grand floridian the grand floridian society orchestra or the pianist adds a a sense a, a touch of Elegance to it, but not so much so that it's not comfortable, or not so much so that I hear people say, Oh, it's not for kids. Grand Floridians, I I, I say nay, nay. Uh, I I disagree. And they've (laughs) done a lot of things to really make it much more uh, attractive to kids, not just in in terms of character breakfast and the the water play area outside, but even inside. And I don't feel that way anymore. So I was very much mistaken uh, 10 years ago. In my opinion, of what the Grand Floridian is versus what it is now, it has very quickly become one of my favorite resorts. Like you said, there's lots of places to sit. There's little nooks and crannies. Uh, I hate to give away one of my favorite spots to sit and relax, or just people watch, or sometimes do work. But on that second level, uh, in between, if sort of on the, if you go up the birdcage elevator and go straight out uh, and go to your left, there's a little. Um, there's a very small little covered patio area out there with two or three tables that if it's just the right night and the temperature is just right, you get a nice breeze going through, the pool is there, you can see across the Seven Seas Lagoon and there's usually no, it's one, it's so, so nice and there are a lot of places like that um, that I find in the lobby and around, obviously the dining at at the Grand Floridian I think is exceptional Um, but there is a the lobby is very lavish, um, but it in not in an uncomfortable kind of way. I don't know if I'm if I'm articulating what I'm trying to say in terms of um, it, it's it's very fancy but not stuffy. I get what you're saying. You feeling the you feeling the vibe I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, putting out there? I'm feeling right. it. I, I smell what you're doing, <laughs> okay.
1: and I, 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 wait, I will, wait, I it would be remiss. I, I meant to mention this too because I earlier I mentioned in the yacht club it's grand staircase maybe not being the grandest one of all the grandest staircase of all has to be the grand Floridian staircase across from the elevator. Um, it's just, you just have to see it. It's, it's what you would imagine in a grand Victorian mansion, this sweeping, uh, carpeted staircase. And, uh, it's, it's actually very cool. If you happen to be there at the right time, if, uh, with the wedding pavilion right next door um, you 'll often see a wedding party posing on the stairs uh, with Mickey and Minnie in all their finest wedding garb which is which is just an amazing sight to see um, but and uh, you know what that 's one of the toughest decisions I have when i 'm at the Grand Floridian is how am I getting to the second floor? Am I getting in this amazing one of a kind never seen it before elevator? Or am I going to walk up the staircase? So it's, I mean, it sounds like a stupid little decision to make, but. Um,
0: well, we can tell by your Epcot choices that you're lazy, so you probably take the elevator.
1: <laughs> no, well, <laughs> probably. But so, uh, no, there's, one of the the we, I, too I is you, good. And actually, right there, when you come out talking to sitting areas, there's lots of sitting areas there, too, which, again, most people overlook. Not the ones outside, but even inside, which um, uh, we've sat many a time and relaxed and a great place to sit.
0: And I think one of the things that that I didn't mention that adds to the charm of the Grand Floridian Lobby, it's even the way, it's the entrance, right? Mm -hmm. With the cars outside and the greeters and even just the way that everybody's dressed in their Victorian era garb. And I have to sort of give a a, a codicil, an add-on, a a 1A asterisk subsection one of the Grand Floridian. And it doesn't really count as another one, but i think something that bears special mention is the lobby at the grand floridian villas oh it has its own separate dedicated lobby and check-in area on the grand uh, on the ground floor to the right of the, the main building and the color palette is very much carried over with whites and gold and and very very dark very rich greens but unlike something that is um, huge and expansive and, and very grand. It's a much more intimate and personal type experience when you walk in there. But what this lobby has is the same Victorian elegance and the same types of wonderful sort of turn-of-the-century um, chandeliers and sort of a grand atrium. But there's a, an amazing and beautiful, and you should go over there just to, to take a look or take pictures, the Mary Poppins motif. That carries through with a wonderful fountain, and the penguins are there, and lots of little Mary Poppins touches throughout there. I think bears mentioning, and if you've never stayed at the villas, it actually bears just a, a quick walk and a visit over um, because it, it is very, very nice, and it's um, it, it's similar but still very different too than the regular Grand Floridian.
1: There you go. Now I must confess, I haven't.
0: I haven't seen that. So well, when you come down, I'll, you I should,
1: will. I will have to go over there. There you go when you're taking me out from my, uh, what was that lobster thing you're taking me to
0: Cantonese lobster at blues,
1: baby. So I think the, a a big point in all this too, and we, we, we talk about this a lot of, um, things to do at Disney besides the obvious. And, and we're really talking about one of them is to go resort hopping. Um, whether it's Epcot, like I did early on or the magic kingdom via the monorail, but, um, uh, again, every all these lobbies we talked about, just worth visiting and checking out. Not just to pop your head in and look at it and go, wow, that's great, and you move on. Um, it's a great place. They're all great places to spend some time to relax, um, have a lunch, do some shopping, um, and explore. There's so much to explore in all of these lobbies that we've talked about. And I agree. And we, haven't, and we haven't even talked about many others that I'm sure. You're going to invite people to talk about. Do so. you know me so well? I know and you that's the so point. Well.
0: Listen, that's the point of the segment, right? Is to introduce people to the idea that even if you're not staying there, if you're looking to do something different, get out of the parks. Maybe you don't have a ticket one day. Going resort hopping, <clears throat> excuse me, is easy. You know, you've got the resort transportation. It's fun. There is so much to see. You can make a little scavenger hunt out of it. I've been doing a lot of scavenger hunts of the resorts for the the monthly nation rewards because I want people to see what maybe they've been missing, maybe introduce them to a resort that they never would have thought of staying at before, uh, seeing the the different types of stories and, and details at the resort. Maybe, you're, like you said, try one of the restaurants somewhere that they might not have thought about going to, to visit before. You know, nobody's, for the most part, probably going to go out to... French Quarter or Coronado, unless they're going to, if they're not staying there, you say, well, why would I go? Well, I mean, there's plenty of reasons. I mean, I think you should not only check out the lobby or the Scat Cat Club or Rick's Lounge, but open up the idea of going to see the other resorts. So I do want to hear from you because I'm sure while we mentioned some people's favorites, maybe there's some that we missed. I want to know from you, my friend, the listener, what is your favorite Walt Disney World Resort Lobby. If it's one that we mentioned, that's okay. Tell me why it's your favorite. You can tweet me at Lumangello, facebook.com slash Lumangello, or better yet, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. And tell me what is your favorite resort lobby and why. And then, and only then, when you're done with all that kind of stuff and you've pulled over the car and you've gotten the kids to sleep, then I want you to go to celebrationspress.com Find out how you can subscribe to Celebrations Magazine. You can do it. Be, yeah, I, I Listen, I don't want them to get distracted. There's a lot of stuff going on. Next thing okay. you know, they're watching Daredevil on Netflix, and they've completely forgotten <laughs> to listen. So do all that, and then go to Celebrations Press, and uh, Timmy Foster will personally deliver to your doorstep or your digital device the latest issue or back issues of Celebrations Magazine in all of its awesome grandeur and glory.
1: I will personally install it on your iPad <laughs> for you. No, I will. Let me tell you, tell everybody what's coming up. We, we our newest issue is going to be hitting mailboxes shortly. Um, we have features on uh, the use of color throughout Walt Disney World, mm. part one, very interesting. On um, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, past and present at Walt Disney World. Look at the Disney archives, how they came about is uh which i was actually very fascinated reading by our wonderful writer who wrote it um features on the tta people mover whatever you want to call it these days zootopia which i confess i still have to go see uh, uh, but i hear it's very good so Oish. um i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a, a little teaser out there too i was realized i was doing my math the other day and counting out issue numbers lou Mangello, do you realize that the november december issue coming up towards the end of this year is going to be our 50th issue
0: wow holy number, smoke number 50 you come a and long you, way, baby, since our first uh, couple of meetings in the lobby of the Sheridan in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. That's that's right. Below those I still many years ago. <laughs>
1: six and seven working on them. So, yes, issue fifty is coming. We're going to have some uh, surprises and extra goodies to go along with it, which have yet to be determined. But we're we're going to do something special to celebrate that. Hopefully, everyone can celebrate that with us. It's been. So much fun putting it together, and I can't believe I'm saying fiftieth issue. So, but it's been—that's
0: crazy, been, awesome, yeah. man! Congratulations! It is—is is it a testament to you and the incredible uh, staff of writers and photographers and editors and graphics people that you have the entire team at the Celebrations Magazine headquarters in uh, in Pennsylvania? Uh, listen, brother. I, I always, uh, I always enjoy these. We home
1: have, of the uh, champion Villanova Wildcats. You though. better believe
0: it, baby. That's right. Um, so.
1: And that's the only team we got.
0: That listen, uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be an alumni of the team that brought home a championship to Philadelphia because, you know, the Eagles never do it anyway. Thank you so much for coming on. We've got lots of. I've got some pretty. Uh, fun and interesting different top ten ideas that we have to tackle speaking of gosh knows how many we've done uh, in the past decade or so together so uh, thank you so much brother I look forward to sharing and by sharing you have to get your own Cantonese lobster with you ah.
1: looking forward to the crew
0: time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we were talking about extinct things in Walt Disney World other than attractions we wished we could bring back. But, of course, the question had to be an extinct attraction that I love and miss. And the question was to tell me, what extinct attraction welcomes you aboard Bravo 229-er? Hello, everyone. I'm Captain Braddock. I'm glad you'll be joining me aboard Bravo 229-er. Hello, Dr. Leia. This is Captain Braddock aboard Bravo 229-er. How's the weather in there? And, of course, that quote comes from Eric Stratton, also known as Otter, a member of the Delta Tau Chi fraternity. Sorry, that was actually from Animal House. Same actor, Tim Matheson, played Captain Braddock in Body Wars and the Wonders of Life Pavilion in Walt Disney World's Epcot Center. Thanks again to all of you who got this one correct. You were once again playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, which you can find at the shop at www.radio.com. And you're also playing for the WDW Radio Magic Band covers and a Hong Kong Disneyland map And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Caitlin Feely. So Caitlin, congratulations. Please send me your address. I'll get your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here is your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So you've heard the question already. We were talking about the beach club lobby and you need to just tell me what animals can you find on the chandeliers the large chandeliers hanging in the beach club lobby you have until Sunday April 17th at eleven fifty-nine p.m. you can now submit your answer two ways you can send it via email to contest at www.radio.com or go to www.radio.com Click on this week's podcast number 443 and there's a form you can fill out right there. It'll automatically submit your entry to you. You have until, like I said, Sunday, April 17th at 11.59 p.m. You're playing for the 102 Ways book, all the audio tours, a Magic Band cover, and why not? One more Hong Kong Disneyland map, so good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I understand that your time is your most valuable commodity, and I sincerely appreciate you deciding to take and share some of it with me. Speaking of thanks, I want to say thanks again to some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation and family, including Lori Brandon and Michael Nip. I really do appreciate it your help and the love and the support of me and the show. And if you want to help the show and also get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, personalized magic band covers, logo gear, backpacks, live video group chats, sometimes with special guests like we have this month, and lots more, you can visit www.radionation.com. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions will go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. I'd love to keep the conversation going beyond this week's show, so if you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391, and please connect with me online. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and on Facebook And if you follow me there, you can also get notified of my live video broadcast every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, right on Facebook Live. We talk about anything Disney. You can ask me anything. Play games. Have a really good time. Again, that's every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Of course, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So please visit the events page either on my Facebook or at www.radio.com. Find out about upcoming meets of the month, including this weekend's April 16th, That's Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. It's during the Star Wars Dark Side a half marathon weekend. That's at the American Adventure outdoor seating area. I'll also be traveling on the road this summer to Chicago. I'll be speaking at Ed Camp Magic here in Orlando, our e-ticket adventure in New York on the Disney Magic and in Puerto Rico and lots of other events in Walt Disney World and throughout the country uh, to find out more about where else I'll be speaking or if I can come speak to your school, to your business or maybe help you turn your passion into your profession, visit LouMangelo.com. Thanks as always to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. It doesn't matter if you're coming to one of our events, your events, World, Land, Alani, Adventures by Disney or anywhere on planet Earth. Becky and her team of agents can help you. Check them out over at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friend. Whether we have met yet or not, I promise you that. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tell a friend that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Tweet out that you're listening. Better yet, share a link to this week's or your favorite episode over on Facebook. And please take 30 seconds, go to iTunes, rate and review the show there. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,100 five-star reviews. We hit number two overall in iTunes, all because of you. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including Jammy95, Annie Lee Love, who's listened to 100 episodes in three weeks. Thank you so much. Wow, that's a lot of Lou in a short amount of time. Moonflick and Winnie Cap. You can visit www.radio.com iTunes for a link and instructions on how to leave a review. And finally, and most importantly, my sincerest heartfelt thanks to you for allowing me to do what I do and share my love of Disney with you in so many different ways and I hope that you are on your way and heading in whatever direction you need to to start living the life that you dream of and doing what you love every day and remember that along the way that's where the unexpected happens that's where sometimes amazing things happen enjoy the journey enjoy your day have an amazing week and until next time see ya
2: Hey, Lou, this is Mark Starr. I just heard your extinct Walt Disney uh, podcast, not the attraction, but things around the world. Uh I know you're all into food, and you might remember this, but it was blue mayonnaise in Tomorrowland. I remember that, and people thought it was disgusting because it looked like toothpaste on your hamburger, but I loved it. It just felt like totally Tomorrowland 94, and I wish it would come back. Thanks again. Great show. Bye-bye. Good morning, Luma Jello. It's Sterling Yankee from West Seneca, New York. I should say snowy capital um, on this April 3rd. I am calling in to say we have 213 days away from the cruise and 137 days until my trip down to Walt Disney World with all my family. Hope you guys all have a magical day and stay warm. Bye. Mr. Lou Mangiello. this is Eric McMahon from just north of Boston. And I just wanted to call you this morning. Uh, today, I reached the 180-day mark till my trip. And today's a good day. It's reservation day for my dining plan. And when I woke up this morning, I looked, and my travel agent, who I used was mousefantravel.com, um, Becky Mankins. Uh, group of travel agents, let me just tell you, Lou, that, that group of agents is unbelievable, man, they had my dining reservations done already today at 7 o'clock, it's unbelievable, I, I was already mentally prepared to be, like, stressed out all day, and, and they are just, just, I am absolutely just astonished that they had done that so quickly, and everything up to this point has gone so smoothly with, with Becky's agents. Her group of agents are just fantastic. So I want to thank you, Lou, for recommending them, um, for our trip. And, uh, we hope to see you there, maybe in the parks when we get there in September. So thanks again, Lou. Uh, love you podcast. Love everything that you guys that you talk about within the group uh, on on your show on Wednesday nights with the box people and everything. You do a fabulous job, and if you see Becky, tell her, tell her I said thank you very much. Uh, our travel agent John Ames, who works with her, group, has has been outstanding. Thanks again, Lou, and have a great day. You've got a friend. Body probe Bravo 229 has been rolled to the loading area in bay number two. Final clearance inspection now underway. Condition code yellow.